All right, so if you would, we're going to start tonight um, in the 102nd Psalm, if you'll turn with me. And we'll start reading there in verse 1. Um, like Jeff had mentioned this morning, um, many of the psalms were, were penned by David or, or Asaph. In this particular psalm, um, a kind of titled the, kind of the psalm or the prayer of the afflicted, um, uh, does not have a known author. So we will we'll go ahead and begin reading there in verse 1. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let me cry, come unto thee. Hide not thy face from me in the day when I am in trouble. Incline thine ear unto me in the day when I call, answer me speedily. For my days are consumed like smoke, and my bones are burned as in hearth. My heart is smitten and withered like grass, so that I forget to eat my bread. By reason of the voice of my groaning, my bones cleave to my skin. I am like a pelican of the wilderness. I am like an owl of the desert. I watch and am as a sparrow alone upon the housetop. Mine enemies reproach me all the day, and they that are mad against me are sworn against me. For I have eaten ashes like bread and mingled my drink with weeping. Because of thine indignation and thy wrath, for thou hast lifted me up and cast me down. My days are like a shadow that declineth. I am withered like grass. Um, let's uh, go ahead and uh, let's pray, and then we will we'll kind of dive into the text. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, again, I just I thank you for this opportunity where we can all come and, and just hear from your word, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity that I have um, to preach your word to these people. Um, Lord, I just ask that despite uh, any of my shortcomings, that, that your word goes out to these folks, that it's an encouragement and a blessing to them. And Lord, tonight as we look at, uh, as we look at trouble in our life and, and we look um, specifically of how you have promises and you are faithful to see us through that trouble, Lord. Um, Lord, I just, again, ask you to be in this place, be with me, again, overcome my shortcomings. Um, and I just pray that the, this is a blessing and an encouragement to everyone. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. So when we look further here into this 102nd Psalm, um, kind of looking there in verse 1, we'll kind of go down through, um, but some things stick out. And, and again, what we're going to be looking at tonight is that God is faithful in the midst of trouble. Um, you know, I, I think when you, when you think of the Scripture and you think of, 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 you know, persons in the Bible that were undergoing a tremendous amount of trouble and tribulation, um, I know for me, my first thought always goes to Job. Um, but when I was kind of in, in studying this, um, this particular psalm came up, and, and I'm sure it's a psalm I've read, um, but it just did not, it just didn't kind of catch with me a little bit. So we're going to kind of go through this psalm, and, and then we'll move on. But we look there in verse 1, Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let, me cry, and let my cry come unto thee. Um, you know, the psalmist, you know, it, beyond just a prayer, but it's, the psalmist is, is crying out unto the Lord. Um, he says that his days are consumed like smoke. Um, and to me, that means it's almost it, 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 that his days or his life, it's formless, it's unsubstantial, um, almost hollow. Again, just kind of painting that picture of, of what the psalmist is going through. Um, his bones are burned as in hearth. Um, and in that, I kind of view it, it's a chimney with a spent fire. It's just the ashes. Um, the heart is smitten and withered like grass so that I forget to eat my bread. Um, again, that, that withered like grass, you kind of think of like a dried out parchment or just something straight out, but then that I forget to eat my bread, that it, it's gotten to a point where it's so bad where the, the, the appetite is gone. Um, I watch him in as a sparrow alone upon the housetop. I read that and I, and, you know, and I get this picture of a solitude or a loneliness. Um, my enemies reproach me all the day. Um, again, to me, it's, it's, it's an unrelenting 
and then the days are like a shadow that declineth. Um, and it's and the sadness there is that you know to to call your days like shadow, um, but then even beyond that, um, it's in decline again. It's that unsubstantial, the passing away. Um, so this uh, 102nd Psalm paints a very bleak and troubling picture in the life of the psalmist, um, facing very real trouble. Um, and 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 <laughs> a kind of funny aside. So you know, last week you know, Pastor was teaching on. Um, you know, bearing one another's burdens. And, and I got to, I think I was talking with Patrick a little bit this morning, and I said, and I'm sitting over here. I had in my mind that this was the, this is what I wanted to, to preach on tonight. And as he kind of kept going, I kept cringing a little bit because he was getting dangerously close to, to stealing my message. And almost to the point where I was texting Andy to just, you know, cut his mic off, you know. <laughs> but so as we get a little bit further into this, there's going to be some things that, that will, you'll be able to hearken back to that message, and it's going to be a little bit of overlap. Um, but tonight, what I wanted to focus in on was, I know last week we looked at, you know, bearing one another's burdens as faithful men. And tonight I wanted to look at specifically at how God is faithful towards us in our time of trouble. So that perspective of the person in the trouble. And again, like I said, we will still deal with a little bit with, um, you know, with the brethren uh, bearing one another's burdens. Um, and I'm going to call your attention back to verse 2, and then we're going to move out of this passage in Psalms. But hide not thy face from me in the day when I am in trouble. Incline thine ear unto me in the day when I call. Answer me speedily. Um, the psalmist is pleading with the Lord um, to, not turn, you know, to, to not be contrary to him, but to, to turn towards him. And just you know, praise God that under grace, believers, we don't have that worry. Um, God is, is right there with us. Um, we're never in a position, again, as saved believers, where we have to, you know, hearken. We have to turn God's ear towards us. We have it. Um, and so uh, the passage that sticks out to me in, in that thought process is, you know, in Hebrews 4.16, where it says, you know, we're encouraged to come boldly unto the throne of grace in our time of need. That's the relationship we have with our Savior, and that's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, something that this psalmist did not have back in the Old Testament. So, again, just a blessing that we have um, here under grace. So, in kind of my, my engineering mind and how I think of these things, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm big on outlines, and so I try to think, you know, when you're in the trouble, there are some things that we're going to look at, things that will get you through. Um, and then there's the thought of, you know, okay, well then after the trouble, you know, where do we, you know, where are we at in Christ at that point? Well, what, one thing I want to do before I started is, is I know oftentimes, you know, when you speak to folks um, that are going through some things and, and going through that trouble, try and tribulation in their life, you know, the question will come up of, you know, well, why would God do this to me? Why would God allow this to happen? And so before we get into the kind of what to do while we're in the trouble, I wanted to establish kind of the foundation of or the kind of the knowledge of trouble, why it exists, um, not so much into the purpose of it, but just uh, go with me. It'll make sense as we go along. But uh, first to start is, you know, the, you know, the trouble in our life. Well, we live in a fallen world. Um, Romans 5.12 talks about how, you know, when sin entered into the world by Adam and then death passed upon all men. And it was more specifically, as wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Um, so with that, you know, that, you know, I'll kind of jump to, you know, things of, of illness and decay, our bodies breaking down. Well, that is a result of that sin that has entered into our life. And that was through Adam and all, all men are born physically and we all have that sin applied to our account. And with that, 
that's where that kind of the illness and that decay starts to come through. Um, some other sources of trouble, and, and again, we're just going to name a few of these things. There are we, more than I could count, but, you know, we look at offenses. Um, you know, these are, you know, can be as simple as just, you know, kind of maybe the verbal persecutions, all the way up to physical harm when somebody has harmed you and has, has, has done bodily harm to you. Um, you know, we, we look at uh, poor decision-making. Um, Galatians 6, 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Um, there's not a decision that we're going to make, at least for, for those who are saved. There's not a decision that's going, to, that's going to remove our salvation. But there are decisions that we will make in the flesh and in this body that they have consequences. And there are consequences that are bared with those. Um, so again, some trouble and some uh, uh, you know, stumbling blocks in your life may be as a cause of our own, of our own choices. Um, you know, other tro- uh, sources of trouble are loss, um, loved ones, property. Um, there are circumstances, you know, folks that are possibly living in poverty, broken homes, um, you know, a political and a social climate. Again, things that we maybe largely don't have any control over, but we are still faced with them and we still have to deal with them on a daily basis. Um, and, and I kind of questioned whether or not I was going to jump on the soapbox, but it was kind of an interesting little uh, piece of information I found. Particularly in our area right now, you know, the, the gun violence thing is, is a very big deal. We have local politicians that are jumping on kind of what I would call jumping on the political bandwagon. And let me preface this, though. Gun violence and the deaths that are caused by them, it's awful. It is evil. It is a terrible thing. No one here would say that that, that is any less than anything else. But a statistic that I was able to find that I just found interesting given the level of outrage that society and the culture has. So looking back at 2017 data, um, it, was the, it was the one I could find good numbers for both, but um, the death by gun rule as a homicide in 2017 was 14,542. And that's 14,542 tragedies that shouldn't have happened and, and didn't need to happen. But again, we live in a fallen world with just people that are evil, evil people. In that same year, the number of abortions and babies that were killed numbers over 850,000. 14,542 garners the outrage of a nation. 8,000 or 800,000 plus, and you don't hear about it. In fact, it's a talking point that in some political climates is actually elevated as a good thing. Well, we're not going to touch that. Folks, we live in a fallen world. Any world, any nation that would take that and accept that, yeah. Just again, an indication of where we are at. And that's just the U.S. That's not including some of the evil and debauched things that you'll find elsewhere. This is right here in the United States. It's just, but, and we'll move on. Um, so then some of the other things, you know, and I guess the question is, you know, as folks, you know, we've been you know, studying the Bible here at Grace Baptist Church, you know, does the Bible at any point ever promise that we're going to live a life that is full of health? <laughs> I keep thinking of that health, wealth gospel, but where, you know, we're, we're, we'll never have money troubles, we'll never have any health issues, everything is going to be great, we will live without trouble and pain. Well, no. Um, in fact, um, I would point back to a passage in John where Christ actually gave us a caution and encouragement. Um, that particular passage is John fifteen eighteen through 9. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. 
in Christ's own words, those who take on the name of Christ, Christian, um, we've already been warned. The world is probably not going to agree with the vast majority of the positions and the doctrine that we're going to stand on. Um, so again, there's never, I don't know how folks get wrapped up in that health wealth stuff. There's nothing in scripture that promises it. If anything, we have direct words from Christ himself saying, if you live like you're supposed to live, you're probably going to get persecution more than you're going to get, um, admonishment. So then, um, so the intention of tonight is not to, to paint a bleak picture, but I would say this. When we start talking about kind of the evils of the world and the trials and the tribulations that would come up in our life, the prudent statement to make would be is that we're not to worry over those things, but yet we are to be um, aware of them and not ignorant of them. Um, so one of my, uh, one of my uh, uh, favorite verses, actually, in, in some, some uh, discussions with pastor on some previous things, um, was in Matthew six thirty four, And he says, "...take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself." Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Let the, day, let the evil of the day be sufficient. Don't worry about what could come next. But, biblically speaking, we also have our passage that we find in 1 Peter 5, 7 through 8, and that kind of finishes that initial thought, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. So take that burden off of your shoulders, lay it at the feet of the Lord, and then we can move on with life. But... The second part of that passage, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So when we start looking, you know, I, guess, I guess kind of diving into this message, and you start thinking of all of the, the evil and, and the bad that's in the world, just know that that's not a care that we, that we have to bear. We can give that up to the Lord, but we still need to be aware of it and be not ignorant of it. Um, and then secondly... So we've, we, we've had the kind of the caution, the encouragement from the Lord. We know that we're supposed to walk circumspectly. We're supposed to have our head on a swivel, know what's going on in the world, know what's going on around us. So kind of in almost a preparation for when the trial comes or when the tribulation comes. Well, we need, that's when we need to be grounded. Um, and that's be grounded in the word. Um, you know, I, I can't help but think about our, our Awanaver. Study to show thyself approved under God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Spend time in the scripture. Know what God's will for your life is. Know what God's thoughts are concerning the world. Um, you know, pastor, you know, one of pastor's goals is, is he wants to take off the world's glasses and put on biblical glasses. Again, as we're out interacting with the world, look at everything through the lens of scripture. Um, and then uh, I, I believe it was, it was Chad had this in his, in his message uh, this morning in adult Bible school. You know, Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So I say all that to say this, you know, out in the world, it, 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 it can be a scary place. It can be a downer. It can be discouraging. So I just want to take this opportunity to kind of have a plug for our church. Um, you know, the church attendance and membership. Whenever these doors are open, be here. It's a place of encouragement. I guarantee you there are times when I've had weeks at work that I almost wanted to not go back on Monday. But I get to come here on Sunday. I get to spend time with my friends. I get to hear the preaching of the Word of God. And somehow I do find my way going back on Monday, and then I start maybe the evil process all over again. But, again, when the doors are open here, be here. Enjoy the company of your friend. Now, I mean, yeah, my best friends are in this room right now. Be here. Get that encouragement. Um, 
So now we, so we've, we've kind of established the groundwork a little bit. We've talked about kind of the reason why there's trouble in the world and kind of the basis for it. So now I do want to get to the, to the topic of what to do when we're in the midst of the trouble. Um, and I kind of had the, 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 the tagline here of it, it's the resources that you can pull from to make sure and to get you through that. Um, first and foremost, to the saved believer is God himself. Um, Psalm 46, one says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. You're never alone. Um, and I, and I don't want to, I don't want to jump ahead here, but, I, but it's worth saying twice. Um, we're going to go through, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk, you know, the role that God plays in, in trouble, what God's man or pastor plays, what God's people, the brethren will play. But I will tell you that there's a possibility that God's man or pastor, he may fail you in what you need going through that trouble. Friends may fail you in what you need going through that trouble. Um, I, I pray that this is never said about the church, but maybe we as a church will fail to help someone when they're in need and how the way they need it. God will not fail you. God will always be there. And then going back and looking at that passage there in Hebrews, um, the 416, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Prayer is accessible 24-7 at all times of the day. There's never, again, unlike those in, in the Old Testament, in, under grace, there's never a time where you don't have access to God. Um, so just just knowing, and, it's, and, and, I, and I think back to that psalmist, you know, we, you talk about being, you know, the, the sparrow alone or, yeah, the sparrow alone upon the roof, you know, that sense of loneliness and isolation. Uh, again, your friends may fail you, family may fail you. Like I said, pray it's never said, but, you know, pastor of this church may fail you. God is always with you. You always have an advocate and a friend with you. Um, and then, uh, and it goes without saying, but, you know, we, we have the word of God, God's own words and God's own hand. And so, again, whenever you find yourselves getting in, into the thick of that trouble, turn to the word of God and see what God has for you in, in, that, in that situation, in that circumstance. And then we talk about God's man. So in our case, this would be pastor. Um, you know, and again, goes back to the being here. But, you know, the messages that pastor puts together, I can't tell you how many times where I've sat in one of these chairs. And I swear that at some point pastor had bugged my house and preached a message that was exactly what I needed in that exact moment. And I know pastor said on multiple occasions, I don't have your house bugged. It just that's how the word of God works. As you're sitting there, God will find you exactly where you are and can speak to your heart exactly as you needed it. And that's also the benefit of having a pastor who preaches from the word of God. It's not one verse and then he gives you his opinion on everything, you know, for the next, you know, 30, 45 minutes. It's not always the feel good stuff. It's the stuff that's convicting. It's the stuff that lets you grow and mature um, as a believer. And then the, the one thing I'd recommend as well, you know, and if you can't be here, we have everything recorded. I know I was, you know, was giving Nathaniel a rough time after he preached on that one Sunday night. I was like, hey, look at it, look at it this way. You are now forever in the archives of Grace Baptist Church as having preached a message. And, and now here I stand um, with my uh, foot in my mouth because I was m making fun of him for it. And now here I am. So we're there together, buddy. Um, but the one thing I'll also say, though, too, is... Um, Go back, and I know we have the recordings. I know it's, it's on podcasts. It's on iTunes. But here's a, another kind of a recommendation for you guys. If ever you find yourself going through something, go back and look through those old sermons. 
they're all titled very well. They're easy. To, they're, it's, for the most part, at least, I use iTunes, so it's very easy to navigate. And if there's something there that you need, you can go back and find it and, and find something that Pastor has worked to prepare and something that would be a blessing and an encouragement to you in that moment. Um, and then also, um, and, and I'll tell you, Pastor Jim, and, and this is my opinion, is an amazing counselor. I can tell you that there has been different things that I have approached Pastor Jim with, and he has taken me aside, shown me from Scripture with godly and wise counsel some decisions. Um, one thing in specific, um, there was a while back ago where um, job situation was a, a little dicey. I wasn't, I wasn't as happy um, where I was, and a, an opportunity had, had uh, come up for me to possibly take a job in Columbus. And I was very seriously considering taking it. In fact, actually, I had put in for it. I had interviewed for it. And I went in and talked with Pastor. I was just very conflicted about that move um, because I think, and again, it was just awesome how it worked out. But I think it wasn't too long before I had that meeting with him where he had preached about, you know, the folks that have, you know, that have, have moved away from the, you know, moved away from the area, moved away from the church for for other reasons. And then found that they got there and there was no church. They, there was nowhere for them to go. And then they ended up coming back. So I went in and I had the discussion with him, and, and that's what he just hit me with. And he said, he, he, and, and the, the words that he used, and, and I, I still remember them well, was he said was, if you can't find fulfillment in your job, he goes, does your job allow you to find fulfillment elsewhere? And in this case, does your job allow you to serve, you know, in the church? Does it allow you to do the things you want to do for the Lord? And I never thought of it that way. I was so job and career focused and oriented that that was, what, that was just what I thought I had to do. And those words absolutely changed my life because in that moment, it's like, I love what I do here. The work I get to do in Awana, the work, you know, you know, with, with Nathan having left and getting to do more with the music. I love all of those things. I love being active in our church. And if I had moved to Columbus, I would have lost all of that. And so just, again, a good godly counselor. And there's been many other, other times um, where I've went and, and seeked counsel and wisdom from him. And I just want to let you know that we have, I'm sure all of you know this, but we have a great pastor. He loves each and every one of you or loves each and every one of us. And if ever there was a need that you had, please take it to him. He, he, he can't help you if you don't let him know that you need help. And he's always there. So again, just, we have an amazing, amazing pastor here at church. Um, how are we doing on time? All right. Um, and then uh, one other is obviously uh, your spouse. Um, for those of you who are married, um, you know, First Peter 3, 7, 3 says, Likewise, ye husbands dwell with them, meaning your spouses, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Um, so I will say this. I... <laughs> When uh, Jeff said this morning, you know, we were talking up here at the front, uh, you know, I told him, I was like, you know, I really wrote this and, 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 and kind of thought about this and laid this out. And I just wanted to preach it to myself. And I'm just inviting you all along for the ride. Because I will say in this, in this area, I am terrible, terrible at communicating feelings. You can say amen. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> And so I can't imagine that I'm the only guy that has a hard time communicating their feelings, but maybe I am. I'll own it. But for your husbands, I encourage you, communicate with your wives. As you are going through things, I think, you know, Chad was talking this morning about, you know, has a rough day at work, comes home and, and, and talks to Beth about it and, 
and you have that communication with your wife. Um, I come home, and I could have had the worst day ever, and for the most part, I will just gloom about the rest of my evening, and then Amanda will take her, like, poking a prod at me after an hour of saying, what is wrong with you? Oh, I had a bad day at work. It would have been so much better if I had just said, hey, I had a bad day at work today, and then we get to move on. And again, those are, and I'm sorry, I'm, kinda, I'm going down the rabbit trail, but those are the little things. In those big things in your life, have communication with your wife. Um, and so I'd like to take this time to do the shameless plug for the couples retreat. So for any of you who have issues with communicating with your wife, we're going to have that here coming up a couple weeks. I know the sign-up has already closed, but I, I, I tell you, I am so looking forward to that time of being able to spend some time. You know, I, I love our children, but I'm looking to that time to spend some time apart from our kids and surrounded by... <laughs> And focused on the Word of God. We talk so much about, you know, at the teen camp, you know, when these kids get to take a break from the world and go away to a beautiful place down in Georgia, and they're just around other believers, spending time in the Word of God, getting to kind of take a break from all the craziness that is the world. I look forward to that for our, for, for our husbands and our wives here to be able to go and do that same thing here coming up in a couple weeks. So I, I can't wait to spend time again with my friends and with my wife, and, and it's just going to be a blessing, and, and, it's, and it's an awesome thing that we're doing. Um, at the risk of trying to go a little bit faster here, so, and then I'll, I'll spend some more time talking on this next point, and that's God's people. Um, a, again, the, the shameless plugs won't end. Discipleship. Um, I will tell you that discipleship is an amazing ministry here at church. Not only the primary purpose is, is, is reproducing yourself, teaching someone the word of God that they may teach someone else the word of God. But I will say this, though. It also, you have a relationship with someone that is, it's a little bit deeper than maybe a friendship you would have just normally. Um, again, not to jump ahead, but I'll, I'll tell you, you know, well, in the interest of time, we're going to keep going. Um, so, so that's the discipleship relationship. Now, just to talk about just how awesome this church is. Um, and I'm going to do better this time because if any of you were here for Thanksgiving last year, as a blubbering mess talking about this, I think I'm going to be okay today because I got to prepare for it for like three weeks instead of being, uh, having it, uh, uh, sprung on me at the last minute. But, um, after about a year of marriage with Amanda... And just a quick little testimony time. So Amanda was in a car, a car crash. I was sitting at work. I got a telephone call from Amanda. Um, she, uh, a van had just pulled out in front of her. Um, she had uh, T-boned it. She was pretty sure that her arm was broke. She felt like maybe her ankle was broke. Um, and again, we've been here for a year. We, help me out. I don't even, I don't think we were members yet at, at the time. I, I don't think we were. And so I run out of work. I'm racing down the hospital. They tell me, don't come to the, don't come to the scene of the crash. Just go to the hospital because the ambulance is going to beat you there. I can only tell you that in just a couple of phone calls, I had Amanda's folks, Amanda's family's from up in, in Menor House. So it's about three and a half hours away. My mom and dad were an hour away, but still a good distance away. Within a couple of phone calls, I had the joins in the news down at the hospital with me. So I was not alone. That is the kind of, that is, that's the family, that is the friendship that you will have here at this church. And so for our new families that are here, I can tell you, you are in a wonderful place. You're in a place where you can thrive with your family. You're going to get good biblical teaching. And you're also in a place that when those trials and, and those hardships come up in your life, you are here with people that are going to come around you and help you and support you. Um, I know I've said it before, but yeah, my best friends are here. Um, 
I, yeah, well, we're going to have to keep going. Otherwise, we'll, we'll, we'll be here <laughs> a good bit longer. Um, I made a deal with Jeff. I, I told him, I was like, this morning I go, if you go for an hour, I'll only try to go for about 10, 15 minutes. And, and, and so we, we, all, we almost made it. But, um, but, but I will say this. So I, I'll jump to this one, and I want to get to my next point. Um, and again, just the, the restating of that, the possibility that we in the flesh, you know, our pastor, myself, our friends, we can fail you. But again, God never will. You know, we look at, you know, God's promise of salvation. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not might be saved. Not may be saved. You shall be saved. That is a promise that you can take to the bank. It's a surety. It's a guarantee. Um, and going through trials and tribulations, you know, the wisdom to get through that, the wisdom to know how to handle those things. James 1.5 says that if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Again, we have a God who has promised that if within the, the bounds of his will, we can ask for wisdom and we can get through those things. Um, and then the Holy Spirit, Romans 8.26, um, you know, talks about that the Spirit helps with our infirmities. And then it makes for intercession for us when we don't know how to pray. There are things that will go on in your life. Um, and, 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 and I'll say, um, praise be to God, I haven't had to deal with, with, with any of those. But I can just imagine, I think, you know, I think of Pastor when he talks about what happened with Riley. I don't even know if I would know what to pray in that, in that situation. The Holy Spirit knows what we need and knows what you need in your heart and is conveying that to the Lord on your behalf. Um, and then just, uh, again, just the fact that, you know, we're, we're, we're never alone. Um, you know, still looking there in Hebrews 13, um, uh, verse 6 says, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And then just a previous to that verse is, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. The Lord is with us. The Lord is by our side through everything. And so my admonishment to you is either get plugged in or stay plugged in. Keep attending church services. Don't push away any, you know, your Christian friend, your friends, your pastor. Um, you know, don't make a bad situation worse by stepping away from the things that are going to be helpful to you and be supportive to you. You know, all too often folks will, will get into trouble. And, and I think a little bit of it is, especially when it's in trouble of our own making, we tend to not want to be around those people that, that you know, seemingly have their lives together because it is convicting. But I will say this, and I know Pastor said it uh, last week, you never really know what's going on in a person's life. Um, I will I, just, again, just be here. You never know the encouragement you're going to be to someone else. And I know this is where that overlap into pastor's message last week comes in. But you will just never know when you're going to be an encouragement, when you're going to be a help to someone else. Um, and then you never know sometimes how much you needed that encouragement. There's been times where I've gotten prideful and I'm like, and I'll say this, there's been, there's been a couple of times where I lead the music and that was the only reason I was there that day was because I knew I had to lead the music. It was more out of obligation. My heart wasn't in it. My head wasn't in it. But I got here, and it was fruitful. It was beneficial. I was glad I was here. Um, and, and to my shame that I even had those feelings in the first place. Because, again, and, and through a lot of all of this stuff, especially for me, I knew better. But, but knowing and believing and, and – and but, yeah, anyways, keeping it going. Um, all right, so now we're going to talk real quick about then what happens then when we're through the trouble. What is it, – it's the debrief, if you will. Um, and in my opinion, you know, this is, this is where wisdom is gained. Um, it was funny. It was a conversation I had with Nathaniel a little bit. Um, 
and, and maybe this is, this is my, my flesh speaking, but I will tell you that the last thing that I want to hear when I'm going through something difficult is the, is the, well, God is good and he's going to do something good with it. So you just need to, you know, <laughs> suck it up. You know, that I will just tell you for me, for all of you, you know, we confess our faults one to another. Don't tell me that <laughs> I, I will probably shut down and, and then that'll be that. So again, just, I would say, you know, I, the note I made myself is like to the burden bearing brethren, you know, be compassionate and be attuned to the person that you're dealing with. Um, again, some people can take that kind of just truth because biblically is that true? Um, I want to go bow. I don't know if I wrote it down. Yeah. First Thessalonians five eighteen. Sorry, I did. So in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And I think it was, Chad had mentioned this this morning. It was like, it says in everything, give thanks. Is there any qualifier there? Is there any time that you can say, no, I'll give thanks for everything else, but I'm not going to give thanks for that. So biblically speaking, are we to give thanks in everything? Absolutely. But I can tell you right now, again, when I get in my flesh, there are times when I'm in the middle of something, and that is the last thing that I want to do. And even more than that, that is the last thing I want someone else to come up and tell me I have to do. So, understanding, I know that's what the, <laughs> that, that's what, that's what the Scripture says, but again, when you're, in the, when you're in the throes of that trial and you're in the throes of that trouble, again, just... Bear the burden, but be cognizant of the other person. Um, this is the opportunity where, in your, in your own testimony, this is where you can show the world this is how a believer will handle this problem versus possibly a lost person. Um, there are things that you'll go through in life, and they're, they're terrible things, they're tragic things, they're painful things. And in the after, again, what the, the, what the hindsight and being free of that trouble what that grants you is the ability to see that the way that you handled that situation was different than, let's say, a lost person. Or, at best, you gave that person an opportunity to see how a saved, born-again Christian would handle that situation. Um, again, knowing, and kind of jump ahead, but, you know, it's kind of that whole thought that, oh, it was a couple weeks ago when pastor was like, we win. We, we will have that victory. If it is something that has to do with our health, whether the Lord calls us home or whether he comes and raptures us out of this place... To be absent the body is to be present with the Lord. That is our ultimate. And so, again, so just kind of looking at that testimony and then, again, bringing glory to God in all things that we do. And that's kind of referencing back to that First Thessalonians 5.18 passage. Um, but then just that opportunity for, you know, the self-reflection and Christian growth. Um, that adversity and that trouble, properly handled, probably drew you closer to God. Spend time, meditate on that, pray about that, talk with others about that. Let them see that that's, that's what happened through all that trouble. Again, you didn't push away God. You didn't curse God. You didn't, you know, grow bitter towards him. You actually drew closer to him. Again, not confusing the solution with the problem. Um, and then th- this, was a, this was a big one. And depending on what that trouble is, if forgiveness is due someone, give it. That might be the toughest thing. I will say this, if anyone were to hurt one of my children, I can probably tell you forgiveness will be the last thing in my heart or in my mind. But we're still told to do it. We're still told to give it. Um, and then uh, just kind of one last thing is, you know, there can be rejoicing out of suffering. Um, I know pastor has talked. I know I personally have, have, have witnessed it. But, you know, um, there are times at funerals where the gospel is given and people come to know Jesus Christ. 
out of that suffering, out of that, that loss and that tragedy, something amazing happens. And so, okay, so it is now quarter till. I want to go ahead and start wrapping up here. Um, so just kind of some final thoughts. Um, you know, as pastor preached last week, you know, we are to bear one another's burdens, but also I think it was there in verse five of that Galatians, but we're also to bear our own burdens. And, and, and I hope that what we've looked at tonight, um, gives you some, some practical things that you can go to and turn to whenever you're in that trouble to be able to bear your own burden, but then also gives you some insights as to if you're going to help bear the burden of someone else again, in ways you can do that and things you can recommend and how you can pray and, and be an encouragement. Um, and just kind of just a side note again, I, I spent some time talking about just how wonderful the, this church is and how wonderful this place is. Um, and I believe that with my whole heart. Um, I truly feel that we're a very friendly, a welcoming, and, and, a, and a diverse church. And, and in that I mean, you know, if, if you like games, you will have friends here that like to game and you're going to find friends here. If you like sports, there's going to be friends here that like sports. If you like hunting, there's friends to be found here. And, and, and my one uh, planted joke for the night is, and if you like Alabama football, you pretty much just have Jeff Bradshaw, but at least you have one friend here. <laughs> but, you know, fitting in and making lasting relationships here at Grace Baptist Church is easy if all of us put that effort in to know each other and invest in one another. And when we have folks that are going through some of these, uh, these trials and these hardships, and, and just in preparing of this message, um, so many people came to mind, like myself and myself included, and I've had an opportunity to talk with some of those folks that have been in that and just to let you know how much of a blessing you have been to them through all of those trials and those tribulations. So, again, just thank you for, for, for being faithful and for being here and investing in folks. Um, and I think that is – I think we're going to kind of wrap up here. But I will say this. A lot of things talked about tonight specifically were for those who are saved. They're born-again believers. So much like Jeff talked about this morning, you know, God being alongside of you, well, that can only happen if you know Christ is your personal Savior. Um, you know, folks, it, and I'll say this, it, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if, if, if you've done anything in your past. There's nothing that you could have done that makes you unsavable. Um, Jesus is the only way by which a man can be saved. I know you'll, you'll get into a lot of different dominations. We'll get into a lot of different things out there that'll say, oh, well, it's this and works or this and uh, fill in blank. This and anything else, it's another gospel. The Bible clearly says that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. He's the only way by which a man can be saved. And then, it, and again, it doesn't matter what you've done in your past. You can never do anything so so egregious, so evil. I know a couple weeks ago when I did my uh, Bible study, or sorry, the uh, adult Sunday school, you know, look at Paul. Uh, again, I always point back to Paul whenever this kind of a discussion comes up is that was a man who persecuted the church. He put, he put Christians in jail. He killed them. And still God was able to use him in such a mighty way. So, you know, the Bible also says that it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Again, all. No one is left out of this. Um, and so, you know, what does that repentance mean? You know, it, it, more or less, if you're, if you're walking in one course of this world, just living with the flesh, doing, you know, I think this verse, you know, things that seemeth right unto a man, all repentance is is that you just make that conscious decision that I'm lost, I need a Savior, and you just turn. And you start walking towards Christ. And what's awesome about that walk is the fact that God is with you every step of the way. When you accept Christ as your Savior, He is there and is always present with you. 
Um, so, man, guys, if there's any here that, that, that aren't saved tonight, I just pray that you get that settled. Um, you know, it's the free gift of salvation. Christ already paid, paid that penalty on the cross. You just need to receive it. Um, and here in a little bit, we're going to do a song of invitation. Hopefully, if, if there's anyone here who's in that position, um, we'll give you an opportunity to, uh, to take care of that. So, at this time, um, Maureen, if you want to uh, come up, we'll go ahead and start playing. We'll go ahead and close in prayer. So, if you bow your heads. So, so, dear Heavenly Father, um, Lord, we spent time, or we spent some time tonight talking about what to do in those times of, of trouble. And Lord, we just, we know first and foremost, we have to come to you.